Welcome back to the Tab in One podcast. I am your host, Eddie. I am here with special guest, Julia. Uh, and on the microphone today, we have Daniel. Today's episode discusses the intersection between love, tax fraud, and murder. <laughs> Great. Thanks, Daniel. <laughs> Thanks, Daniel. <laughs> so that's, that's our guest today. His name's Daniel Johansson. <laughs> if that was my real name we'd have to end the recording now yeah. and and start over yeah he likes to remain anonymous yeah that's so an alias you're gonna have to one of many have to search for him or her or them you know you never know some things aren't known to the public very insightful, Daniel. Maybe they'll find out. <laughs> Speaking of, of not known to the public, Daniel, why don't you introduce yourself to our audience? Uh, my name is Daniel. I am 24 years old. Uh, and I have uh, a close relationship with your two hosts here. I've known them through my work over the past year. I am an outdoorsman. Uh, I'm an outdoor educator. Hell yeah. Uh, and I am recently a dirtbag. What does dirtbagging mean to you, Daniel? That's a good question. That's a great question. Um, I think dirtbagging, to me, really it's like a term of endearment. Um, and it's kind of kind of an interesting one because, you know, dirtbag, right? Who wants to be called a dirtbag? But I think dirtbagging is the pursuit of living below your means, or perhaps at your means, um, with the least financial, you know, overhead that you can in the pursuit of outdoor activity, mm. like rock climbing, skiing, paddling. Uh, I think it's it's a it's a term that I think got its start in climbing, but has since moved to other technical activities. Um, and it's kind of known within the outdoor world in general. It's just like people living in their cars, uh, living as cheap as they can so that they can do the outdoor things that they want to do. Yeah, yeah I feel like the financial footprint is like a big, big part of that. Yeah. And so, dirt bag, because like at the expense of, um, you know, our hygiene, we pursue <laughs> things we enjoy doing. So maybe we'll get more into hygiene in a bit. What are your uh, chosen dirtbag activities? Why do you mm -hmm. live in your van? Uh, I currently live in my van so that I can ski. Mm -hmm. um, I have like saved up some money over the, the spring, summer, and fall so that I have enough money to not work during the winter season. Um, I recently sold my car and purchased a van. Congrats. Um, thank you. Thank it's you. a big move. Psyched on it. Does yeah. it have a name? Not yet, not yet. Taking submissions, so, you know, um, comment on uh, at Cabin One Podcast uh, if you'd like to. Uh, Names for the van. If you'd like to perhaps have a, 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 a role in my life <laughs> by naming my van in just, in just that, in just that. Are there any quirks about your van that people should know? It leaks. In pursuit? It leaks, uh, as in, like, when it rains, water gets inside. Mm -hmm. Okay. It leaks, yeah. I spent a good, like, morning into the afternoon mm -hmm. um, gluing weather stripping into different places to stop the leak. Mm -hmm. uh, and it's, it's, been, it's been good so far. 
but like definitely some maintenance is coming on the mm-hmm. horizon. Where are you taking it for the summer? What like what other things are you gonna get into with this van? For the summer or the winter? I mean everything. What are you plans? What are you plans? Yeah, for yeah. Let us know, Daniel. <clears throat> plans with the van. Currently, the van has like a plywood floor with some insulation underneath it, and then a bed platform, also made out of plywood. Um, and so, like, just you know, you get on Instagram, you look at hashtag van life stuff like that. You see, um, you know, these four by four Mercedes Sprinters that are top of the line with mm-hmm. literal f- standing showers on the inside of the vehicles and stuff like that. Composting and like, that's toilets. yeah, 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 composting toilets. That is not my van. That is not <laughs> my van, right? Um, saved up. Some money over the summer, some of it went into the van, some of it has stayed in my pocket so that it continued, continued to ski and whatnot. Um, but one of the plans for the van is to, over the years, uh, continue to put a little bit more money into it, perhaps at the end of every season of work that I finish. Um, my folks live in Texas, and, and my pops has a, a wood shop in his garage, and it's a good place to go, sort of like do some work on the van. Um, and I think, you know, if done well, that I could sell the van in like five-ish years um, and get all my money back, sort of break even on it, I think is, mm. is sort of the endeavor. Perhaps make a profit on it if the, the hashtag is still booming. <laughs> you mean because you'd like build it out and then sell it for like someone buying a built-out van? Yeah, yeah. There's a, a market for people that want to get into hashtag van life um, without... You know, they, they just want to do it quickly. They have, you know, the financial means to be able to purchase something that's already been built. And, yeah. and um, that's a convenient option for them to start living that lifestyle. Yeah. And so they take that. Sick, yeah. I mean, we've uh, we've done some dirtbagging, Julie and myself. I think, Julie, you should talk about your trip out here. That was pretty rad. Yeah. Yeah, I came out here the beginning of January, or end of December, I guess. Um, made it out in four days, five days. And, um, my dad helped me build out this platform in the back of my forerunner. Got a forerunner. I've driven it. (laughs) (laughs) And I came out with one of my friends, Grace. Shout out, Grace. Shout out. Hope you're listening. Hell yeah. Um, yeah, my dad helped me build out this, this platform and it, it folds up to sit in the back seat so I can still put up my back two seats, um, but lay it out when I need to. And so I, um... I drove out here with my my friend's Grace. We put a, like, blow-up air mattress situation on top. Um, tight squeeze for two people in the van, in the, in the car. You got, you can't really sit up. Um, <laughs> so when we were getting in, we were getting in in, uh, the first night we slept in it, we were in, uh, South Dakota. <clears throat> um, and we were driving all day and we got in at, like, midnight and it was, like, two degrees outside probably and so we we crank the heat for like five minutes and then like put on our comfies um and shout out shout out miss carrie for the comfies came in clutch <laughs> all the shout outs <laughs> <laughs> um came in clutch with the comfies got our comfies on put all our layers on and then then woke up to negative i think two degrees the next morning which was fine. 
stayed pretty warm. Um, I'm sure it was fine. It was fine. <laughs> <laughs> Wouldn't recommend. I mean, would if you want. I mean, it was, it was fine. It was pretty comfy. I had like four or five layers on. Um, sleeping bag. Comforter. Another blanket. And then another blanket. It's a decent amount of stuff. But then you had to squeeze out the door. So like the platform comes up like halfway up the door. And so to get out, you got to open up the door and then either choose to go out head first or foot first. Some V1 action. <laughs> <laughs> so either, either shoot out head first, hands on the ground, crawl out, or lay back, scoop, scoot feet out, continue scooting feet out, and then stand up. So... You two should, options. You should see her. She's like enacting, enacting it right now. Fully pantomiming. She's like just fully showing us how to get in and out of her car. Well, that sounds like a sweet setup. Good setup, and it was it was good for getting out here. Um, mm-hmm. Not super insulated, so not great for the winter time, but it does the job better than better than paying the money to stay at a hotel. Yeah. How long was the trip? Five days. Five days. Yeah, we stayed in Chicago at a friend's house. Shout out Matthew. Um, which was pretty sweet. Then we, then we went and stayed in South Dakota, and then Wyoming, and then here. I think we did a layover day in Chicago, and in South Dakota we went to the Badlands, yeah. which was sick. Yeah, now we're here. We're here. And then we're sitting here in the mega bed <laughs> we're room. In the mega bed as we speak. <laughs> uh, hit the uh, Instagram at Tap One Podcast for a photo of the mega bed. Mm-hmm. It's there. Well, um, I've also done my fair share of dirt bagging, Addie here, and I don't have a platform, and that is definitely a dream of mine. Um, I've just been, like, camping, sometimes in a tent, sometimes on the ground. Um, but yeah, my dream, I would say, like, my biggest dirt bag dream right now is to get a Tacoma with a cap and build it out and throw my cargo box on top and just rip around in that. I think that would be epic dirt bagging. You, you want to get a truck? Yeah. To build out the truck? Yeah, it'd be so sweet. What are you going to put in the bed? Um, a bed. <laughs> Just the bed? No, a bed with drawers underneath. Drawers. Yeah, yeah and like, like some storage. And I kind of want a crew cab, if I'm being honest. Crew cab, eight foot bed. and So like I can sleep in the back and like store some shit in the cab as well. Dude, that's going to fit you so well. I think it's going to be a big, like a good lifestyle upgrade, yeah. honestly, from, from, from cowboy camping, honestly. Yeah. What color? Black. Black? Yeah. Tacoma? Murdered out Tacoma, yeah. What year? Murdered out. <laughs> I don't know. Whatever makes the most <laughs> sense when I go shopping. <laughs> I don't really care. I want it to run. Just black. So you're going to the, make the rims black, too? That'd be sick. Are I kind of want to I want to lift because like, I want high clearance for dirt roads. So, mm-hmm. yeah. That's the dream. drive? Yeah, four-wheel drive all the time. Not like my car now where I have to turn it on. Anything going to be on the outside of your car, like racks or Ooh, um, or I mean, the, the cargo box on top, like, mm-hmm. I might have a bike on top um, or in the back, but I kind of want used to the tailgate. I mean, the ultimate dream is the box and a bike on top, but yeah. um, mm-hmm. I don't have a bike yet. It's not really in the in the immediate I-10, so. Do you want a bike? Yeah, it's part of the dream. Part of the dream. Yeah, so I ask you, Daniel, our special guest this week, <laughs> what is your, like, biggest dirtbag dream for, like, you and your van or beyond this van or just life in general? It's tough to say. We were talking about this earlier, dirtbag dreams, and, and, like, there's so many, so many aspirations that we have, um, each of us, you know, as we, like, craft this outdoor life. 
you know, you asked me about the van, so I can kind of like, I can start there a little bit. And I think that Dirtbag Dream for the next like couple couple years um, is like find a time during my off seasons, right? So I, I work from March to November and then the rest of the year is, is my off season really. Um, I think it'd be really great to pursue um, AMGA Rock Guide. Uh, and like use the van as a medium to bounce back and forth between uh, guiding rock climbing uh, in like Southern California or Southern Utah or something like that and then driving north, you know, for two weeks to ski uh, and then, you know, going back down when I did a contract and working again, et cetera, et cetera. Mm. Yeah. Beautiful. What do you do on your on season? What's, what happens, what happens mm. there? We didn't talk about that. We didn't. Tell us more. Yeah. Do you want me to talk about like what I do? Yeah. Does it, yeah, does, well, question, does your, what you do the rest of the year tie into your dirtbag dreams at all, or are they separate things? Uh, they're definitely, they're definitely related. Definitely related, right? Talk about it. Yeah, okay, so. Talk about what you do, and then talk about how they're related. Okay, I am, let us set the start, I'm an outdoor educator, um, and part of what I do is I take, uh, people, generally, like, groups of 10-ish, um, on wilderness trips, and we'll, we'll go backpacking, we'll go rock climbing, we'll go whitewater canoeing. Um, and those people are, sometimes be a group of eighth graders, sometimes they're a group of, of military veterans, sometimes they're a group of like graduate students um, studying education, et cetera, et cetera, right? Um, and the longest, the longest like course that I've run thus far in my career is a 22-day so, you know, for me, things have ranged between, like, four days and 22 days. Um, and the reason that I do that work, right, is it just, it's the, the work that we do. It's not about backpacking. It's not about rock climbing or whitewater canoeing or anything like that. It's about using those things as a medium to facilitate uh, growth and, and, and character development and, and transformation within people, right? Um, mm-hmm. This experience can be this... this uh, reflective medium for the, for the folks that come onto our courses to um, draw conclusions about their current state of life and whatnot and perhaps move mm. forward a bit from where they are. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, the reason that the medium is so effective, backpacking, rock climbing, whitewater canoeing, is because they're intense experiences. They're really emotionally, physically um, intense things. Uh, and that's part of how I first fell in love with rock climbing mm. was, was because of how like, transformational I found that activity. Um, and so, so, yeah, in the off-seasons, one of the things that, if, with my work, sometimes I do some instruction and sometimes I do some, um, some like, climbing-specific instruction where I'm instructing the technical activity of climbing and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, it's a dangerous thing. It, it's a pretty safe thing, but, but, it's but, so but it's, it's really safe. It's really safe, <laughs> it but it's safe. safe because we've gone through a lot of training and education and stuff like that. And, um, and that, that pursuit of competence has also been like really meaningful. So I find, the, mm. I find a lot of meaning in the impact that I can have on the people that are on my courses. And I find a lot of meaning in the like, pursuit of that competence that comes from the technical side of rock climbing and stuff like that. Um, and in the off seasons, right? Mm-hmm. So that's what I do during the on seasons and how does it relate to the off season? Um, 
I'm still pursuing like mountain activities um, during the off season that I have time to, to, to get physically stronger as a rock mm-hmm. climber. Um, and, and perhaps in the future find some, some, some work that focuses more or that should just simply aid in my development of technical competency mm-hmm. within climbing instruction and climbing guiding. Um, yeah. Yeah. And also, you know, I live in a van because I don't have a lot of money, right? You gotta have some. It's not like I'm, I'm don't get me, don't get me saying that I'm, you know. You, you're surviving. I'm surviving, but I, but I still got a few pounds on my belly. You know what I mean? It's not like I'm out here hurting, you know. <laughs> We're eating um, ramen with just eggs over here. Ramen with eggs and oatmeal is most of Daniel's meals, I'd say. Yeah. But that's a choice. It is a choice. And that's good food. It is a choice. I also bought $500 skis recently. So, you know, yeah. So what skis did you buy? Tell the crowd. <laughs> <laughs> I got the uh, the Razi Sky 7s. Great purchase. The recommendation of uh, Addy here. Um, yeah. Great Super ski Super psyched you. to rip them. I was going to rip them today, but they said, you, you can't go to the resort. We have to have you on the podcast. We're recording. <laughs> so. Okay, well, here's a question for you. Um, so you've talked about climbing. You've talked about skiing. Do you dabble in whitewater at all? I do dabble. I Can do you tell us about your paddling world, Daniel? Talk about the paddling world. Okay, so I... Okay, this is cool. I uh, I grew up... I didn't grow up. I started paddling in Texas in college. Mm. Um, and, like... I worked for my college outdoor program, and part of what we did was we did some whitewater kayaking and whitewater canoeing, um, and on class one and two water, right? And so I remember one of the one of the pieces of feedback that I got um, from my from from one of my large mentors in that program when I was exiting the program was like, "Hey, man, I think you're ready for like class three water. You should you should seek out some class three water and start paddling on that and stuff like that, right?" So that's great. Then I move out to um, the east uh, where there are there's like a, a larger paddling scene than there is in South Texas. South Texas only has a couple different rivers that, that you know, is known for whitewater paddling. paddling scene. Yeah, get out, get out in the east, um, and I get put on this on this stretch of river with class ones and twos, um, and it's the biggest water I've ever hit, <laughs> ever. Like, standing waves that are, like, four and five feet tall. I feel like I'm getting thrashed around. I feel like Captain Ahab on the mast of a ship, like, getting <laughs> thrashed in my tandem canoe. Um with people uh yeah and i've been paddling in the east for like a year-ish now for like a season for mm-hmm. a paddling season just bought a kayak this summer just bought a kayak yeah i definitely enjoy some whitewater kayaking it's really forgiving mm-hmm. um our work has some has us do some some whitewater canoeing both tandem and solo mm-hmm. uh and that has humbled me uh, I thought I was getting pretty decent in, in a, in a whitewater boat. And then I got in a canoe and I realized like it's, it's a lot more difficult than, oh my God. So, than so much more technical. Yeah. 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 The different strokes. Cro- cross bow draw. <laughs> other ones like that. Other, other canoe strokes. Oh my God. There are so many. So- there's so many. <laughs> Canoeing is not like kayaking. No. Nope. It's a lot harder. It's a lot harder. Yeah. And if you flip, you gotta swim. You gotta swim. Yeah. You, gotta you, swim. you don't have to swim. You can roll your solo boat. But then you gotta and dump then you your gotta boat. you gotta paddle to the side. <laughs> <laughs> and then jump the boat. <laughs> yeah. You're getting out of your boat at some point. Yeah. Sure. 
Yeah. Yep. After every like couple rapids. Yeah. Dump in your boat. Yeah. Yeah. We need a one of those squirt guns. You know those ones that you like. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Just, just the out. rod. Yeah. You dip it in the water and pull it out. And then yeah. You, bilge baby. Yeah. And then you squirt it in the boats of your fellow paddlers. Yeah. And then <laughs> squirt it out your back friends. of the head. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 And then say, did you see that turtle? <laughs> so so Daniel, question for you. Julia. Besides like all these other all these outdoor activities that you do, what are some other things that you enjoy doing in your off season and like your mm. time off? Mm. That's a good question. I'm still figuring that out. Mm. <laughs> no, I'm joking. Um, <laughs> My uh, identity <laughs> the outdoors. <laughs> uh, I like to read. I like to read. Um what you reading these days? Uh, I'm reading a book right now called uh, "Man's Search for Meaning." Um, you should pick it up. Mm. It's it's often touted as one of the greatest books written in the past hundred years. Mm-hmm. That's just on the back of the book. Um, <laughs> 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 um, yeah, but reading that, um, I recently bought a keyboard. Um, like this, like a MIDI keyboard. Um, so it's, it's like, uh, it's like an octave and a half, um, of, of keys, uh, and you plug it into your computer and you can use that as an input to, to, um, make music. Um, and looking to experiment with that this winter. Haven't, haven't done a whole lot of dabbling with it yet, but, but excited to get going. Nice. Yeah. Excited to hear what you put out with that. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Maybe we can, uh, collab. Yeah. Oh my God, Daniel! I would love to collab with you. Let's do a jingle <laughs> for the podcast. Okay. Um, I have a final question before we move into our questions of the day. If, if we're ready for that. Sure. Yeah. Um, this is um, from Michaela from last week, and I think we should just ask all of our guests this question. So, mm. have you ever pooped yourself in the back country? No, but I've got a good poop story. If you want to hear it, we do. Absolutely. Okay. Thank you. Um. thank you thank you okay Uh, your hosts here discussed a wags bag last episode Um, and so you know maybe you're familiar if you're not familiar with the wags bag wags stands for waste alleviating and gelling system and the G is Mm. is from the powder you Um, didn't know I bet you wanted to (laughs) I didn't know (laughs) (laughs) Um, I in college Right, I talked about earlier about this um, outdoor program that I was a part of. Um, we we lead trips. It's kind of how I got my start in the outdoor industry. Uh, lead like backpacking, like weekend backpacking trips and things like that. And like our Super Bowl um, within our program was every spring break we would go um, on like a nine day trip or something like that. Right, it was big deal, big deal if you got to be one of the trip leaders on that. Um, and I was a part um, with some close friends of mine of this nine day rock climbing. Uh, trip in Kochi Stronghold, Arizona. Um, and our boss um, decided that he was going to take a family vacation um, with his wife and kid to the same location, to the same climbing site. Um, and, you know, we had to talk about it as, like, people who are going to facilitate this trip and as, you know, our boss, who's also going to be in the same place at the same time, we talked about the fact that, like, hey, like, I'm, he would say to us, you know, I'm not out there to babysit you guys or anything like that. I just want to do this with my family. And, and I know you all don't want to feel like you're being supervised. So, you know, let's not cross paths. And we did our best to kind of plan our, our itineraries so that we wouldn't see each other and things like that. Um, but we're out at the climbing wall one day. We've got our, our 10-ish students with us. And we're um, 
doing some single pitch climbing, having a great day. Um, and it's like, oh God, I gotta go. And I, so I, I, I did a wads bag. Um, and I'm at this face that's probably like a hundred-ish foot tall. It's just this ridge line that's kind of erupts out of the ground. It's about a hundred feet tall and roughly like 200, 300 feet wide. Um, and the really the only privacy that I can get from our crew is if I go all the way around the ridge to the other side. And so I run all the way around this like oval-shaped ridge that just kind of shoots out of the ground. And I'm up there, you know, I get my privacy and I'm kind of high up in the air. I'm kind of like on some, on, on some foothills of this, of this ridge line here. Um, and I break out my bag and, and, and I, you know, spread out my trash bag as large and as wide as I possibly can because I'm not trying to make a mess. Um, and, uh, I'm looking around and like, I can see a long way in all directions pretty much, except for the direction that, you know, is the ridge line. I can see all the way around. Um, I take my pants down, I squat down, I start doing my thing, and I can, I can start to hear these voices off in the distance, and I'm wondering, like, what, what is that, you know, can they see me, and I'm, like, kind of hiding behind this little rock, and I'm, like, peeking my head out to see if I can see people, um, and I hear this kid, this, like, little, this kid, and I recognize his voice, I'm, like, who the heck is that kid, and I, and I peek my head out, and it's my boss, it's my boss and his son, and I can see them 150 or so yards away, um, trying not to cross paths with, with us, and here we are. I'm spying on him while I'm midway th- taking a dump. Did he see you? He did not see me. No, I oh stayed God, hidden, so stayed covert. The whole time? Yeah. You didn't even go say hi after the poop? No, no, I had work to do. Yeah, I, <laughs> <laughs> I, I, you know, I like to consider myself a professional. I, you know, clean myself up, close up my bag. You want to hand him the bag? That'd be really can funny. You, can you take this for me? <laughs> <laughs> Brutal. Good story, Daniel. Thanks, Jules. Yeah. Thanks, Jules. I love a good poop story. I love a good poop story. Okay, to wrap up, we got a few questions from our adoring fans. Oh, first of all, shout out to our other cellar dweller roommate, Maddie. Oh. Earned it. Peace, peace love to Maddie. And ciao. <laughs> peace. Peace love to Maddie. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, take us away. Sweet. Um, okay, so from um, Kelsey, who's in Bend currently, she asked another poop-related question. Where's the best place you've pooped outside? I do want to say that I think that both you and your viewer base seem to have a, a strange fascination with, <laughs> with poop mm-hmm. and pooping. And it's just part of it, Daniel. Maybe you should explore that a little bit. Maybe yeah. you should ask yourself, what's going on there? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Maybe see a doctor. <laughs> <laughs> I think... I think my the best place I've pooped is like on the side of a climb. Yeah? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Lunch ledge. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's the place where I pooped in the wrong bag, folks. But it was a cool place to poop. So There you go. Yeah, you win some. And sometimes you poop in the wrong bag. <laughs> <laughs> um, my best poop outdoors ever was probably at the top of this canyon in um this canyon rim in Big Bend. It was like, I don't know what the canyon was, Daniel, maybe you can help me out, but it's like near Chiso's Basin Campground, and we like hiked up to the top of this canyon, and I remember just like having a 500 mile view and just like pooping. Wish I could tell you, I don't know the canyon. <laughs> yeah, anyways, Big Bend. Best place yeah. you've pooped. 
uh, also in Big Bend, but like along Ooh. the Santa Elena, uh, or along the Rio Grande. We were paddling the Rio Grande, mm. um, and like just prior to getting into the Santa Elena Canyon, there's this uh, like sandy beach that you can you can camp at, and we uh, it was stunning. It was stunning. Um, yeah, just like gorgeous riverine environment. Mm, sick. The, yeah, loved it. That's what it's all about, folks. Pooping scenic poops. Scenic poops. Five star poops. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes we write poems. <laughs> written a poem or two pooping. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, the shout out roommate Maddie. Breakfast or dinner? What's your choice? Mm. Dinner. Yeah. Dinner. Dinner. Easy. Easy answer. Breakfast would have been the wrong. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you can ask this question yeah alright this is from Jillian in Massachusetts thanks Jillian what's the most exciting thing in your future ooh this kind of makes me think of dirtbag dreams sure yeah. kind of similar vibe or I guess you're like your literal immediate future I guess everyone interpret it how you want and answer accordingly hmm I was, I was thinking immediate future mm-hmm. most exciting thing Going to Bend to visit mm-hmm. some friends. That's so cool. Super stoked on that. Mm-hmm. Skiing Mount Fassler. Super stoked. Maybe a little more car camping. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's gonna be rad. Ooh, I got one. Yeah. Um, our work has recently paid for me and others to go uh, to Washington and take a, a training with the American Alpine Institute. Mm-hmm. Um, to do some glacier travel and crevasse rescue. That'll be sick. I'm fucking psyched. Yeah. I'm jealous. I am others. This is my <laughs> speaking, so I will be going with Daniel on this trip. I would agree on that. Super exciting. Sweet. Last and final question for the day um, from our, our dear friend, our dear friend and mentor. Hell yeah. Um, Styles. And she, she, she just wanted to know where the name of our podcast came from. So you want to you wanna tell us? Great question, Styles. Thank you for submitting. So <laughs> the name Cabin One Podcast is really um, speaks to our residents for the summer, spring, summer, fall, for Joya, myself, and one other, Anna, shout out, who we'll have on the podcast eventually, yeah, us three are going to live in... <clears throat> excuse me, us three... We're going to have to cut that out. Us three are going to live in Cabin One together um, at our base camp, which is like this conglomeration of cabins and buildings in the middle of the woods somewhere in the southeast. Um, so yeah, Cabin One is our treehouse, and the podcast is what we're doing. It's a lifestyle. Yeah. Yeah, Cabin One Cabin One is, is our home. Mm-hmm. Our home. Our home. And I would say... With that last question, something you're most excited for, or most exciting in your near future, mm-hmm. um, going back to base camp for me is yeah. super exciting. That's where all of our friends are, and that's where our like our careers, you know, is like happening right now. This yeah. is kind of our off season, so the spring is very exciting. Sweet, thanks for coming on, Daniel. I'm so happy to have been on. I'm so glad that y'all had me. We're so glad you've been here. Thank you so much for sharing about your life and um, your van and your dreams. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, Looking yeah, forward yeah. to that jingle that you're going to oh, yeah, coming. Yeah, please coming. produce us. It's mm-hmm. going to be stuck in every one of your listeners' ears. Great. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Thanks for tuning in, guys. Have a good week.